You are Locked On the NFL, your daily NFL podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello, hello, hello. I am Matt Williamson. This is the Locked On NFL podcast. We are growing quickly. Very, uh, very gracious hello to all of you new listeners. We have been spread, keep spreading the word if you would. We come out you, we come at you every day. This is the national NFL flagship of the Locked On Podcast Network. Like they said, it's booming all the time. It brings you your team every day. And frankly, we're the number one sports local show daily podcast in the network in the entire world. So things are good. A lot of you know me. You can follow me at Twitter, at WilliamsonNFL, former NFL scout, worked for ESPN for 10 years. Doing this a long time. And kind of a new development, something that's really booming is the smart speaker technology that it's a great way to listen to any of the Locked On podcasts, but especially mine, you know, so if you have a smart speaker, tell your smart speaker to play the podcast, play podcast Locked On NFL. So that's something you need to do. We are brought to you by my bookie. I'll tell you about them momentarily. But kind of an odd show today. My schedule got a little messed up with some doctor things I had to do and, you know, just life got in the way a little bit. So it was a perfect time to catch up on a few things, kind of a reset day um, for things that you've been asking for. So today is a three-part show. We'll probably finish the show talking about coaching hires, and there was a few today, so that works out. Uh, We have... Pro or not Pro Bowl, all pro team. Many of you has, have asked me to give my comments on. Did they get it right? Did they get it wrong? And we're going to start the show with something I think is always one of our favorite topics is the Hall of Fame. And the finalists were announced. And I'm just going to buzz through them alphabetically. And I'm going to take this real quick because we'll probably talk about these guys more when there's not so much real life football going on. But I'm going to give you my initial impressions of each, yay or nay, more or less. Steve Atwater. No, I, I don't think so. I mean, all these guys are awesome, of course. I, every time we talk Hall of Fame, we have to have this conversation where it's like, what do you mean you don't like Atwater? No, I like them all. They're all awesome. But Hall of Fame, yeah, I don't think. And there's a weird group of safeties to me, I mean, the, of this era, Dawkins, uh, Lynch, you know, that are... Really good, but not transcendent types. And I think Atwater's in that category. Dawkins, I know, is already in. But uh, Champ Bailey is a yes. But I don't know that he's as much of a slam dunk as as many just assume. Like, I don't think it's like, oh, Champ Bailey, of course he is. Yeah, I mean, he is. He's a Hall of Famer. But I don't know that he's Rod Woodson, Charles Woodson, you know, Deion Sanders level. Tony Baselli. I go with no, because he only played six years. But I think he was awfully close to that Ogden Pace, Walter Jones level. But six years for an offensive lineman where there isn't stats and you can't put everybody in, I think is a no for me. Isaac Bruce is also a no for me. Would you rather have Bruce or Holt in? I mean, I think they sort of cancel each other out. And I just don't think he's quite Marvin Harrison, Moss... Uh, T.O., you know, contemporary wide receivers of his era. I think he's a little behind those guys. And obviously, Scheme helped him a lot, as it does with a lot of these guys. But uh, Hall, very good for me. I've been on the Don Coriel bandwagon for a long time. I don't think he's going to get in. But those eight years where he was the Chargers head coach, there was really nothing like him. And 
part of the reason was because I was born in 1973 and I was a very formidable football fan and the Chargers were doing things that no one else was doing at a very high level just in terms of high-flying offense and that's what the league's become. So I think he was very ahead of his time. But I don't think he's going to get in. I've been you know, saying that he should for a while now. Alan Fanica, I think, is a yes, but I don't know when that'll happen because I'll get, I'll get to that in a minute. I think he's a Hall of Fame-worthy guard, though. Tom Flores, to me, is a no. Um, I know he had success, but I never thought, you know, like that stint when he was with the Raiders, 79 to 87, I never thought he was Gibbs, Walsh, Parcells. You know what I mean? Like, I know he won, but he also inherited a really good team. Sorry, but no. Tony Gonzalez is an obvious slam dunk. He's in. Uh, Steve Hutchinson is kind of where I was going with the Fanica conversation is, what's the chances of two guards getting in the same class? These two kind of remind me of like Ed Reed and Troy Polamalu as the best at their positions for a decade or whatever. And I thought Hutchinson was slightly better from what I recall. I mean, again, this was 2001 to 2011. And he also played the 2012 year with the Titans. But I remember Hutchinson being slightly better. So if I had one vote for one guard, I would take Hutchinson over Fanica. But I do think both are worthy. Edron James is a tough one for me. Because there's a handful of running backs to me that aren't slam dunks, you know, that aren't Walter Payton, Barry Sanders, that are Hall of Famers, and I don't have a problem with it. And two guys that come to mind are Bettis and Curtis Martin. Like, Terrell Davis is in that class for me, but I don't think Davis belongs, if you guys have heard my, my thoughts on that. I think Edge is right there with them. So... I mean, he played from, what, 99 to 05 with the Colts and was really good and was also a little bit ahead of his time as a receiver. Remember they drafted him ahead of Ricky Williams and all of us draft nerds at that time were like, wow, I can't believe he did that. And then he was with the Cardinals and finished up a year with the Seahawks. So not a great in-his-prime time is, is one of the problems with a lot of these running backs. So he's a real on-the-fence guy for me. I think Ty Law is also on the fence. I would probably lean towards falling him in the yard where he's out and not in the Hall of Fame. A lot of success, though. Great player. Went to Aliquippa High School in PA here, so I like that. Darrell Revis' high school. Um, but, no, I, I barely. Again, fence dude. Uh, these next two, to me, are pretty clearly knows, to be honest. And this sounds so bad, but... I'm surprised there aren't names that didn't make the list that are better than these two. And, and that sounds horrible because they're awesome players. But John Lynch and Kevin Mawai, again, they're great. I just don't think Hall of Fame when I think of either one of their careers at all. Uh, Ed Reed, to me, is an easy, easy Hall of Famer, of course. Um, he's exactly what you want your free safety to be. Imagine the picks he'd have with as much as they're throwing today. Superstar. And a little nugget, many people that have been around him have told me Oh, by the way, he was also the best kick blocker in the league. You know, like he did all the little things. Utter superstar. This is a guy that I don't think will ever go that I think should. That's Richard Seymour. Um, my old buddy, Ross Tucker, said he was the hardest guy he ever had to block. That's not good enough reason to put you in the Hall of Fame. But I also think those three, four end types never get the credit they deserve. It's not a stat-collecting position. I just thought he was phenomenal as a Patriot. You know, he was there from 2001 to 2008. 
I remember when he got traded, I was at ESPN, and I think I was on that golf course with my buddies, and I never golf. That's why I remember it. And then I got the got the call, and I had to run and write this article about it. Couldn't believe they moved on from him. But in typical Patriot fashion, they moved on at the right time, got a lot in return. I think he is a Hall of Famer, but he won't go. So that's that. Uh, I mentioned our friends over at MyBookie. And as you know, the NFL playoffs are here. So it's time to get in on the action with my bookie. Don't be that dude with no rooting interest as your buddies and relatives sit around watching the games. You know, it's really the most wonderful time of the year with the 53rd Super Bowl right around the corner. So lots of action. It's not just football. There's all kinds of good stuff at my bookie as well. So make sure you're ready for the daily action by signing up at my bookie today. They pay fast when you win. Ownership really cares about good customer service, and they offer the craziest props. Did some well on some props this past weekend. Where you bet is just as important as who you're betting on. And if you want to make money during bowl season, you got to go to my bookie. I trust them, but if you don't have to take my word for it, just check them out for yourselves. So here's the deal: join now, and my bookie will offer you a 50% deposit bonus to make sure that you have a nice, nice bankroll for bowl season. Use our promo code LOCKEDON25, that's LOCKEDON25, all one word, when you deposit, and that activates the offer. Again, that's promo code LOCKEDON25, all one word, 25. At MyBookie, you play, you win, you get paid. All right, now I mentioned the All-Pro team, not the Pro Bowl team. This is the All-Pro team where these guys don't actually play as a team. This is the Associated Press votes for a first and second team at every position. And I got to say they did a pretty good job. I mean, usually I have more qualms, and I have some qualms with their system. We'll get to that here in a minute. But let's buzz through these, and I, I'll, I'll stop when I really have a problem with something. Quarterback Mahomes, fine. Running back Todd Gurley, I'm not fine with that. I think... Barkley and especially Zeke were better this year. And Gurley missed a couple games at the end. Um, really benefited from system. I would have given this one to Elliott. Now, their wide receivers are Michael Thomas and DeAndre Hopkins, and they have a flex position of Tyreek Hill, which I assume is just any skill guy, kind of like a fantasy team. Um, none of those guys stick out to me as sore thumbs, but Julio Jones not being on there does. So I'd probably bump Michael Thomas down. Hopkins has to be there. I have a hard time disputing Hill, but I probably would go Barkley as my flex, Julio and Hopkins as my wideouts. Kelsey is the tight end. I'm fine with that. There's three tight ends in the mix. It's Kelsey, it's Ertz, and it's Kittle. I think you can shake them all up in a bag and pick whoever you want. Ertz is the weakest blocker of them, though. Uh, David Bakhtiari is a left tackle. Not many tackles to pick from on either either side, to be honest, and he's very, very good. Mitchell Schwartz from Kansas City is a right tackle. I'm cool with that. Left guard is Quentin Nelson. Uh, fine, but I would consider Batonio, and honestly, both those uh, Browns guards would be in consideration for me. Right guard is Zach Martin. No qualms there at all. I think Shaq Mason's pretty good. And I think the Castro is very good and could be in this this top spot as well. Uh, Jason Kelsey is the center from the Eagles. I'm pretty cool with that too, to be honest with you. Again, I don't have a lot of qualms. 
Their edge guys are J.J. Watt and Khalil Mack. I'm glad they finally have these as edge guys as opposed to defensive end. And yes, Watt is more of an edge than he is an interior, but he does all of it, so I see he, he causes problems for this. The interior linemen are very easy. I mean, Aaron Donald's the easiest name to put on this whole list. And if it wasn't for Aaron Donald, everyone would think Fletcher Cox is a phenom as a defensive tackle, which he is, just Aaron Donald exists. Two also extremely easy names to put on here are Keekly and Wagner as second-level players. Darius Leonard is the third one on the first team. I don't have a name that I would jumps out as way better than Leonard. Highly productive. I love him, don't get me wrong, but uh, there's a drop-off after Wagner and Keekly to me. The corners are Kyle Fuller from the Bears, Stephon Gilmore. Uh, I would have put Byron Jones in over Fuller. Fuller's great. I mean, I, I got no qualms there. Um, Patrick Peterson to me is still on that list, except people pick on other things and he kind of gets forgotten. So, uh, Gilmore, I got no problem with Fuller to me is more of a second team type guy. Uh, the safeties are fun. I'm glad Eddie Jackson made it. I love Eddie Jackson. I think he is a massive playmaker. Uh, I like that pick quite a bit. Derwin James, I think you guys know I'm smitten with, I'm, I'm kind of proud of myself. The pre-draft, I told you guys, this is the best defensive player in the draft. Even though he fell to the middle of round one, I told you before the draft. And he is a quintessential 2018 defensive player. Call him whatever you want. And then they throw another guy in, a defensive back, which is James's uh, teammate, Desmond King from the Chargers. A uh, really good slot player, tough, physical I uh, liked him a lot coming out of school, and he was a really good player in college, but didn't test well. So I'm fine with that. I mean, I think he's probably the best slot corner in the league, and he's not just a little skinny guy that gets pushed around. Um, hope you don't mind, but I'm just skipping all the special team people. I don't care. I'm just skipping them. Drew Brees is a second-team quarterback. Yes. Elliott's a second-team running back. I thought he should have been first. McCaffrey's that flex. I told you I kind of prefer Barkley, but great year. They took Kittle as the second tight end over Ertz. Fine. Their wide receivers are Julio and Tyree Kill. And here's where I got a problem with the system is if you're a first team player and Hill was the flex, you can't be eligible for second team. You can't be on a first team and a second team to me. And it happens here a couple times. And to me, it's just really dumb. So Tyree Kill made the first team, so he should not be a part of this. But is he one? Of, is he a second team type wide receiver? Of course. Uh, the left tackles, they picked two, so I assume there was a tie in the voting. Dwayne Brown, Teron Armstead. Uh, Armstead is clearly the better player of the two to me, but he missed some time, so fine. Um, his partner in crime, Ryan Ramchek, is the right tackle, a great player. The guards on the second team are Batonio from Cleveland, I mentioned before, and Marshall Yonda, who's still great. Still kind of bothers me that the Castro is not in, in those top four. But his teammate, Marquise Pouncey from the Steelers, is a second-team center. I'm okay with that, too. And, and honestly, I'm having a hard time coming up with great centers right now around the league. Edge rushers, team two, Von Miller. Yeah, sure. Uh, Cameron Jordan. Yeah, I mean, that's just who he is. Miles Garrett. Yes, and he has many first teams ahead of him. And Daniil Hunter. Great season. So, no problem there. Here's, again, where things get dumb is J.J. Watt was an edge rusher on the first team, and he's an interior lineman on the second team. You're one or the other. You know, I mean, that that's stupid to me. But Chris Jones is the other interior lineman. Absolutely. Um, and that Casey pass rush is a lot better than people think, by the way. Linebackers. Vaughn Miller. Yeah, I did just say him. He's a number two, second team edge rusher and a second team linebacker. Dumb. 
Uh, C.J. Mosley, solid, but not spectacular. Leighton Vanderesh, eh, I mean, didn't how many snaps did Vanderesh play this year? But again, second level linebackers right now are kind of a shortage around the league. Mentioned Byron Jones earlier. He's on the second team. Xavier Howard had a really good year. He's on the second team. I'm cool with that. Another one of my favorite young safeties. I always talk about Jamal Adams and Derwin James might be the next Reed and Palomalu. Harrison Smith is also on this list as the number two guy. Fine. And then again, it gets really dumb, and their extra defensive back is Derwin James, who was on the first team. Dumb, dumb, dumb. Um, Special teams again. I don't care. So... That is a wrap for my Pro Bowl stuff. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and we have some coaching hires today. I just want to give you a thumbnail sketch of each of those, what, five situations where we've named a guy. All right, we are back. And the Brownies, my former employer, kept Kitchen on, the offensive coordinator. I told you guys a million times... Boy, it'd be a shame if they lose Kitchen. Boy, Kitchen's doing an amazing job. Look at the numbers with Hugh and Haley run the offense versus Kitchen. So I think he's a tremendous asset, and him and Baker have a great thing going. Is he a head coach, though? I mean, before Hugh and Haley got fired, I mean, he was a position coach four months ago, three months ago, and now he's the head guy? He's in charge of the whole kit and caboodle? Um, I would hope that they hire a defensive coordinator, which would be weird if it's Greg Williams, I assume it's not, that really is like a Wade Phillips that just, that's your side of the ball, don't bother me with it, take it away. We'll see, but I love what we've seen from him, it's just, that's a big step. Packers signed LaFleur. Um, This feels like a very Aaron Rodgers-driven strategy, you know, like, he watched the LaFleur contemporary Shanahan, obviously McVay, those type of dudes, and thought, man, I wouldn't mind playing in an offense designed like that. You think if Jared Goff can do what he's doing and Jimmy Garoppolo and good quarterbacks, but not me, think I could excel in that system? Yeah, I think he probably would. That being said... Just a couple years ago, I mean, LaFleur has made a mediocre or, or a medi, yeah, meteoric rise. There you go, Williamson. In a very quick amount of time, which raises red flags to me. I mean, he was an offensive assistant, and then, you know, each step of the way, yes, he took a step up. But is Marcus Mariota a noticeably better quarterback now than when LaFleur got his hands on him? Was that offense really all that impressive or innovative? Took a long time to figure out who Derrick Henry was, who they inherited, and I wasn't a fan of either. But then he becomes the focal point of your offense. You know, like, they had some things going against him, but, wow. Uh, that one's, again, kind of like Kitchen. Like, are you ready for this? Is Kingsbury ready for this in, in the Cardinals? I think Rosen fits that spread Texas Tech-type system, and I assume we'll see... That basically being the foundation of this offense, and I think Rosen will be quick decision maker. Get it out, you know. Get it out. Find a lot of matchups you like. Do we see a lot of four receivers? I would think you see a lot of three, if not more. Um, they don't have them besides Christian Kirk, and I would hope Larry comes back, but Willie. Um, not the primest of jobs, but again, this is a very quarterback-driven hire. Uh, we'll see. Uh, is he in over his head or not? We'll see. Uh, but this jumping the gun of 
boy, or this guy is super smart. He's young. He's a quarterback whisperer. He's going to be McVay. Um, I don't have a pro. I do have a problem with it. I mean, I just think that that's. I understand the rationale, but are you a leader of men? Are you a CEO? Can you command an entire organization? How are you on game day? Can you handle timeouts? You know, all those type of things. We do know Bruce Arians can handle those things. And I like this fit. I like the fit with him and Jameis, who you guys know I'm somewhat of an apologist for. Um, I do think there's talent there. I do think Tampa needs a culture change and a respected winning guy like him um, should pay off. I mean, tough division, obviously. But there's things to work with there. Uh, That might be my favorite one of the hires, to be honest with you. And then today, the Broncos chose Vic Fangio over Mike Munchak, which makes my Steeler fans happy. Um, You hear all kinds of good things about Fangio. And obviously, his defenses are phenomenal. Make some changes on that side of the ball. He's got some pieces to work with there. Um, I like this hire. It seems long overdue for Fangio to get a shot. Um, Supposedly doesn't take crap from anyone. I mean, I don't know him, but that's just what I've heard. Um, again, great one. I don't like the situation. Again, I think Denver might be the worst job of all of them. But we're going to talk about these in more detail with Mike Sando tomorrow from ESPN, old friend of mine. Um, so I just kind of did a thumbnail on these so you get my opinion, but I'm going to ask Mike more his opinions tomorrow. And then Friday, we're really going to break down the four division round games, go to my bookie as always, and uh, pick those games straight up and against the spread and spend a little more time there than usual. So that's a wrap. Today was a fun Wednesday, middle of the week. Just kind of take a step back, gauge the temperature of the league a little bit, and there'll be much more to talk about as we go on. So go to iTunes, leave me a review, follow me on Twitter, at WilliamsonNFL, and check out the rest of the Locked On Network. Over and out.